What's up, Ohio sports fans? We got a crazy episode for you today. So we're going to be covering the draft, obviously, right now when you're listening to this episode. It's probably going to be, what, Saturday the 30th. Um, we're recording it right now while the second and third round is going to go on. So we kind of chose right now because we wanted to go over the first round, um, look at some of the Ohio State guys that went, look at some of the people, the Browns and the, the Bengals have picked so far, um, and then talk about some Ohio State history with the draft. But first, Greg and I kind of wanted to quickly go over some big news with the crew. Obviously, they have moved on from Zardes. Um, I just kind of want to get Greg's like quick opinion on that um, before we start going and talking about some of some of the draft stuff. So, Greg, what's your opinion on Zardes? I mean, he's a great player, obviously. In 2008, he's done in the middle of the black and gold, and we've loved having him on the team. But he is nearing the end of his prime, and that's kind of when you're looking to get rid of somebody for some to get something back. Then's the time to do it. Obviously, the peak of his prime. But when he's starting to decline just slightly, but you some capital for him, this was really the time to get rid of him. Obviously, it freed up a little bit of uh, money. Uh, I think the 300K in allocation, but it actually could have gone up to 1.4 million. If I mean, he is turning 30 in September. So on the older side for from soccer players, so it's probably. Yeah, I agree. I, I, when I was reading a lot of things, they said that it, it was mostly like a money thing. Like you said, they're trying to free up some cap space, obviously. And, you know, sending him that, that way, they got some money in return for that. So that's going to help them be able to bring in, you know, some more talent. And I read that he wasn't really even in the starting lineup as much anymore. So I think Barry was starting over him in that uh, forward spot. So it's just, I think it was like you said, it was a natural thing. Like he, he's 30 now. Like we've seen the past couple of seasons that he's been pretty injury prone. He definitely, you know, he will go down as, you know, a great crew because he helped, you know, us win a championship so there's you know there's nothing more that I can say about him I, I, th- I thank him so much so I, I think a big reason in, in helping um, you know keep this team here in this city was was him being able to win a championship and, and galvanize the fans and he was a big part of that so but from a team standpoint it sucks because you you would hope that he get to play out the rest of his career but they kind of did this with Will Trapp too when you talk about like a hometown guy you know they kept him around and as he started to age they um you know, they, they kind of sold high and, and sent them out um, so they can clear some cap space and get some money back in return and, and start to rebuild this team. So, yeah, it sucks, but hopefully, he you know, he finishes out his career there and and uh, and stays healthy and, and productive. I hope, you know, nothing but the best for him. So but we just wanted to cover that real quick, but we are going to move on to pretty much the big event of this weekend, which is going to be the draft. Um, we're going to go ahead and talk about Ohio State first. Obviously, you guys have been watching the draft. You know, we saw Wilson and Olave go, and uh, even though Jamison Williams was on Alabama, which we all have our uh, <laughs> we all have our different opinions about Alabama, but he was an Ohio State Buckeye at some point, just kind of like how we talk about Joe Burrow. And you know, when you talk about this Ohio State team, when you look at since 2000, now when you're adding Olave and Wilson so far, they've had 153 players drafted into the NFL. 34 of them have been first round picks. So I just kind of wanted to get Greg's opinion on like how how crazy that is and how does that speak to you know how good how good we have it as fans to watch this football team every year. It's great to be an Ohio State fan and that every year of the draft that we're going to have you know, seven players. Ohio State has at least seven players taken in there since 2006. We've had a total of 87 first round draft picks. Like you said, 34 is 2000. The closest even come close to Ohio State first round draft picks and then Alabama it's got 76 I'll, I'll give him 77 if you're you're talking about the, the the other guy so I went to Alabama 
they're mm-hmm. not necessarily dominating it if it comes to first round draft picks. We're number one. So yeah, and I will uh I will be stand corrected right now as I was giving out that stat. Uh Nicholas Petit Ferrer was just drafted to the Tennessee Titans with the 69th overall pick. So you can add that from 153 to 154 now players drafted in the NFL. That's just crazy. I mean, that's that's a that's an insane amount since 2000. I mean, you're talking about 153 players. That's just a little under half of a draft. So if you were to add them all into one draft, there, that's crazy. So, and again, um, Garrett Wilson was drafted 10 to the Jets. If you guys don't know, Chris Olave was drafted 11 to the Saints, and then Jamison Williams, like I talked, he was drafted 12th to the Lions. So those those guys went back to back to back, which is just. There was a run on wide receivers there, but that was just really cool to watch. Watch those guys be able to, you know, get drafted together and, and kind of celebrate together. So that that was pretty cool. But, you know, going back to the Buckeyes' dominance in the draft here, I, I guess I guess should we be disappointed with only having two national titles since 2000, with 154 players now drafted in the NFL, you know, 34 of them being first round picks. Like, is that disappointing, or is it just is it just what it is? What it is. I think it is Ohio State being on a run of national championships in a lot of different decades and decades. Pretty, pretty well, you know, we've won one in you know, five to six. If anything, you know, like we talked about uh, dominant stuff like that, you know, the Big Ten, the 87 pick, first round draft picks for Ohio State. The stats started Michigan 48 and Penn State's only, it just shows the dominance of Ohio State. People get hurt. So even the top level, that'd be something I'd, if we were playing 500 ball three or four years in that's what I got, but not two national championships. Yeah, at least they're always in the mix. So I guess that's fair. You know, I just kind of was looking at that like that's that's a dominant program. You know, you go from, I guess, it'd be trust to, you know, Urban and now Ryan Day. Like those are three dominant coaches there. And I don't know. I was just interested to see what you thought about that. So I agree. I mean, two national championships is better than no national championships. So, and at least we're competing every single year. And we have the first ever college football playoff national championship trophy sitting in our trophy case. So can't get much better than that. <laughs> but moving to another team who's kind of found some new success over the past couple of years with an ex-Buckeye as their head coach, Luke Fickle, Cincinnati. As of right now, it sits. Sauce Gardner was picked fourth to the Jets. You had Alec Pierce, wide receiver, picked 53rd to Indiana. And then Brian Cook, I believe he's listed as a safety or an athlete, I believe. And he was drafted 62 to the Chiefs. So how big of an impact, Greg, do you think that this Cincinnati, you know, draft class is going to have on the NFL going forward? Um, kind of coming off the heels of their successful season, I would say for them. I mean, the Bearcats have not necessarily had the greatest, you know, the Bearcats have only had two players drafted around ever that Bob Bell, you know, they've at least had, I think since 2001, they've had at least one Bearcat taken in 17, 21 drafts of them. And they had actually six taken. And I definitely think that Sauce Gardner is probably going to be biggest impact on the, of any Cincinnati Bearcat ever to come out impact Alex Pierce or Cook. Obviously, uh, Desmond Ritter's still on the board as of right now. So his impact, I think, on where he gets drafted, his impact in the a little bit higher, but in the back burn, uh, QBs for a team. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Sauce was, to me, probably, I don't know, in my opinion, I think he was one of the top two or three defensive backs in this draft, if not maybe the best one. But he'll, like you said, he's, he's going to make the most impact probably the soonest. But I don't know. I, I'm excited to see what these guys can do because I think 
I think what Luke Fickle is, is building there is going to just continue to build sustained success. And I'm super excited about it. And I hope that they can, you know, start to produce more NFL ready talent. I think that'll be really exciting to have, you know, another college program for football within Ohio that we can kind of look to and root to root for. And um, yeah, no, we'll keep looking. I think that, like you said, there's Desmond Ritter left and then I can't think of off the top of my head. There's a couple guys left, but the quarterback run has not started yet, which we'll get to a little bit later on our opinions. <laughs> it seems like it's wide receivers and uh, backs. Yeah. And I think yeah. there's tied for second for the wide receiver drafted to ever happen. Yeah. So. I'm I'm sitting here as a Steelers fan wondering why we picked Kenny Pickett in the first round, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> um, all right, let's go ahead and move on to more NFL teams and the Bengals and the Browns here. So the Bengals in the first round went ahead and picked Daxton Hill, safety out of Michigan. In the second round, they picked Cam Taylor Britt, cornerback out of Nebraska. Now, I'm not surprised by going secondary heavy in this draft because they got burnt by Cooper Cup in the Super Bowl. You know, they, they kind of shored up that offensive line in the offseason, so there was, it really wasn't much of a need to go after offensive line in the draft. But secondary, they needed help because they kind of got burnt. When you look at the Browns, they went secondary as well, but they didn't go secondary until the, they didn't have a pick to the third round. I believe they traded out of the second round, got some more picks. Um, their first pick came in the third round as Martin Emerson, cornerback out of Mississippi. So they went secondary as well. Kind of a head scratcher, but with all the injuries that they've had at the cornerback position over the years, I'm not surprised that they kind of went cornerback just to add some more depth to that room. Plus, you can't have enough cornerbacks, especially when you run nickel and dime when you have like five or six DBs on the field. So what do you think about their drafting so far for both teams? Obviously, with the Bengals getting Daxton Hill, I mean, you know, from a long-term perspective, this pick could do his defense. He's the first defensive player taken in the first round of the safety taken. As a defensive back, he resembles kind of a Swiss Army knife. Uh, his class in three years in Michigan, he played slot box, uh, back and free athletic. He's productive. Cam Taylor Britt. Um, I think he played in high school, and I think a little bit of def- uh, back in college of nebraska you know cam uh, cam taylor Britt. positives he's a physical player he's uh, got a lot of strength controls and sheds blockers disrupts players a good straight line runner and i think negatives for Britt. i think a little bit of problem with open field tackling when he kind of takes bulls at times only stacked when it gets far as rounds go i don't know much about martin everson um i know he's had a, a career 152 tackles uh for the brown uh the brown's definitely somebody to, he's only had one interception in his career so that's something just last year. We'll see. We'll see what he does. Heck yeah, I actually just uh, got an update on the draft there, Greg. And Desmond Ritter is the second quarterback taken off the board to the Atlanta Falcons. So what do you think about this pick by the Falcons? And, and how do you see him fitting in there with, you know, Marcus Mariota coming in? Do you think he's going to be kind of like a couple year sit before he starts? Or do you think he's actually going to be able to compete for the job right off the bat? My opinion of Mariota's show. <laughs> dominance on the field nothing but utterly just so i pray to all that is holy and the you know of god that you guys pray to please pray that this is garbage and ritter is that a good guy we've talked about him yeah i'm excited about this because this is what i'll say and and i think that we need to start getting back into quarterbacks sitting for a little bit and being okay with quarterbacks sitting like i think desmond ritter unless he comes into camp and he's like just clearly miles ahead of Marcus Mariota. I don't think he should play because when you look at this Falcons team, there's this going to do no good for him to go out there and play games. 
I think that some of these guys need to come in. They need to learn what it takes to be an NFL player. They need to learn what it takes to, you know, come in and practice and study film and study tape and understand defenses, especially at the quarterback position. And you give them that time to grow. You give them that time to, you know, practice, understand the system. And then even if you wait until like week nine to put them in a game, I think that that would be super beneficial. Like I said, unless he comes in and he's just miles ahead of Marcus Mariota, which is a good possibility because the last time we saw Marcus Mariota, he got benched for Ryan Tannehill. So, and Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but Ryan Tannehill was coming off of a Dolphins team where everybody thought his career was over. So I think that we're kind of in this situation right now where he's could have a good chance of starting this year, but. So, so I'm going to, I'll talk about both of those. So, at least with the Falcons, what I think the Falcons do a great job on talent, they allow mm-hmm. talent to progress and develop. And so that good possibility. Join an organization where the ownership actually believe giving some, as yeah. far as uh, talking about players at college guys, pretty good chunk of their lives, uh, high school. Up oh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that he's not watching film. I'm just saying, it, I think, I think a lot of people, like, especially like as fans, like we think that it's an easy transition from like, moving to college to the NFL it's so much like they talk about it all the time it's such a huge leap like now obviously you have your like elite players that that have so much talent that it just doesn't like that that part of it doesn't you know hinder them as much because they have all that talent they have all that skill and then you know I guess becoming a pro and being a pro just you know will come naturally to them throughout their first and second year you know what I mean like but there are some guys that don't have that talent that they can ride on. You know what I mean? Like when you talk about like a, a Joe Burrow, like Joe Burrow was able to come out and like dominate right away, but he also, you know, played in college for a while. So he had all that experience and then he just has a natural, you know, talent behind him that, you know, some other quarterbacks don't necessarily have. So it's going to take them time to be really, you know, develop that, and, you know, get that consistently so that they can, so they can come out and be, I guess, successful starters in the NFL. And maybe he doesn't need that. Maybe he's ready to go right away. I mean, he was a four-year starter at Cincinnati. So maybe I'll be putting my foot in my mouth by week two and he'll just be torching defenses. I don't know. I mean, and as far as sitting quarterbacks, like how many real like second-tier guys or backups have ever really come out? I mean, you've got Mahomes who sat. um, You've got Aaron Rodgers who sat. You've got Steve Young who sat and walked into those roles and, and it developed. But as far as is sitting and developing and then coming out and being dominant, that, that list is really short. I mean, I don't know who else, I mean, but there, there aren't a lot of you guys. Got, that... You got Roethlisberger, Brady. I mean, technically, I guess technically, if you wanted to count Russell Wilson, I mean, he he was supposed to sit, but then Matt Flynn, what, he got hurt or he Maybe it was like he played like the first two or three weeks and he just was garbage. And then they put Russell Wilson in, but technically he he was going to sit because he was like a third round draft pick. So, I mean, I get it. I get that. It's not something that's like, I don't know. People don't want to be patient and either, either you have it or you don't, but clearly he's a third round draft pick. So like teams didn't think that he was going to really be a starter day one anyway. So that's why I'm just thinking that they're picking him as like maybe a potential future pick. Like Mariota is going to start this year and then maybe Desmond Ritter can take over halfway through or the next, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's just, I, I think that the way the culture is going, the players are careers aren't as long anymore. A lot of teams starting these rookies and these second year guys are having jobs are definitely a trend of. 
Yeah, I agree. From everything that we've heard, you know, Desmond Ritter has he's has a high IQ when it comes to football. So if he can settle in and um, I, I think he can win that job over Marcus Mariota. I guess I just want to get your opinion as well on um, who you think is going to be, you know, more successful right out the bat with their teams that they're on. You know, Wilson got drafted to the Jets and Alave got drafted to the Saints. So who do you think right off the bat is going to have more success? Um, and then which one is more likely to stick with that team for the majority of their career, I'll say? It's easy right off the get. Chris Velas, without a doubt, most polished route runner. Two years draft class, he's got speed, he's got ability. He's finished with Ohio State career with a record of receiving touchdown, 35. He averages 15 points per catch. The, the guy's lights out. How many Ohio State games did you watch, you know, you know, catch Chris Alave? It, it's just, he is fantastic with the saints the way the coaching staff there i think it's a perfect fit way better than garrett wilson to the jets fantastic yeah i agree i think right off the get like Olave is going to have more success just because i think that saints team is a little bit more put together james winston had a lot of success before he got hurt so if he can come back healthy and then if michael thomas comes back healthy you got two dudes in that wide receiver room from ohio state that are going to be pretty nice to throw to so um, obviously that's a big if we got to see what Michael Thomas decides to do and you got to see what happens to Jameis Winston. But I, I do think that he's going to have pretty good success right off the bat there in, you know, new Orleans, but I'm, I don't know if you guys have been watching like draft so far, but the jets are kind of my big winners right now. Cause they, they've been really moving around, drafting a lot of players, like they got sauce. They got Wilson. Um, they tr- moved up and got, oh, I forget his name, but I think a linebacker in the first round. And then they drafted Reese Hall running back in the second round. Just like they're stacking some good talent and they're getting it, you know, at high value. So I'm not saying they're going to turn around and win the Super Bowl, but they have a lot of good young talent. And I think if Zach Wilson can kind of take the next step, hopefully, I don't know about that. But that's a big if as well. But Garrett Wilson could have a pretty big season as well, too, if, if Zach Wilson can stay healthy and, and take a pretty big step because that they have some pretty cool weapons now on that team. Uh, they have a really good infuse going to help them out pretty well. But um, did you have any, like, big things you wanted to go over with the draft so far, Greg, or that you thought were interesting or weird? or? I mean, in general, this draft is kind of – lackluster for me uh, there's not uh, and maybe that's because it's just lacking in qbs and draft uh, qb heavy draft more popular other types of drafts the leader of that on the ball around i don't know i, I just it, I, i've been super excited um, i've watched you know first and second third round like i said if it's a lackluster draft see the longevity of players in the really stacked when it yeah i agree i don't think this is like a draft that you have too many guys that like you know, wow you, you know, like usually we're talking about, oh my gosh, who's like the best quarterback, you know, wow, this, and that's, that's all it is about. But like this draft just has a, like a lot of really solid guys. Like you said, like a lot of solid guys that could play, you know, six, seven, eight, maybe even 10 years in the NFL and just be really solid, like starters, rotation players. Like, and I think sometimes we need that, especially within the NFL, when you have so many guys that are kind of coming and going, you just need you need to be able to sit there for like three or four rounds and really just draft like a ton of solid dude. And I'm pretty excited to see, you know, how these guys develop and stuff like that. You know, as we're talking right now, the the Browns pick is in number 78. 
So we'll kind of talk through this and then uh, see what that pick is and, and kind of talk about that. And then we'll, uh, we'll head off here, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited. I think this is like a deep draft. Like I said, it's not anything crazy, but there's a lot of solid dudes and, and I think it'll be a good infusion of young youth into the NFL as we kind of see a lot of players that we've been watching over the past 10 years start to kind of age and retire. Like, obviously you're kind of starting to see Khalil Mack come towards the end. You're kind of seeing Aaron Donald come towards the end, you know, whether or not Tom Brady plays a ton more years, he's starting to get towards the end. So I think that, you know, Roethlisberger retired this past year. We've, you know, seen Philip Rivers leave over the past couple of years. Like, I, I just think that we're seeing this exit of talent that we've, we've been watching it. And it's good to get like a good solid group of guys that come in and, and start playing again for our team. But what do you think the Browns should do here at 78? Obviously they picked cornerback before. What do you think um, is something that they should do? And I, I, they've solidified their own. I don't know. Obviously with Deshaun Watson, they're very sure of that. Well, they did not listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, they went ahead and drafted Alex Wright, he's going to be a defensive end at a UAB. So they went defense again, which is, I guess, I mean, their offensive line isn't awful. They do have a bunch of weapons now that they have, um, you know, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and they went out and got um, all the wide receiver. I can't think of Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, there you go. So, and they're in talks of bringing back Jarvis Landry, and, and obviously they have, um, you know, Deshaun Watson. So, I guess improving that defense can't hurt, especially the division that they're in with Lamar and uh, Joe Burrow now. So, and Kenny Pickett, let's go Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> but yeah, um, the Browns pick. All right, let's get back to this. <laughs> so it says here um, he only started three of 14 contests. Okay. He had 28 tackles, eight and a half for loss in four and a half sacks. Oh, that was in his freshman year. I was like, what the heck? He only started three games. That's crazy. Um, his sophomore season seemed like he had seven and a half tackles for loss with seven sacks. That's not bad. But yeah, I mean, he'll be a good pass rusher. I think they were looking for somebody to put beside Miles Garrett. So hopefully he can kind of, you know, fill the shoes and uh, at least draw somebody. So they don't have three guys blocking Miles Garrett. I mean, I guess that's all you can ask for from the person on the other side of him. Because <laughs> Miles Garrett can get he can get by two guys. He's a freaking monster. So I don't know. But um, Greg, unless you have anything else, that's pretty much gonna do it. So I'm good. I'm good. Cool. Yeah, check out uh two-minute drill on Tuesday, guys. I think we might have a little bit of a big group on that one, talking about the draft, going over everything, talking about our winners and losers, and uh just going over what happened because there is, and I'll say this, there was a ton of trades that first round. So that's probably something that we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I kind of keep like my phone was up like, yeah, phone, right? like I, this trade, this trade, this, this for this. It's like, yeah. And we saw, we saw AJ Brown and Marquise Brown both get traded to new teams. Also the Cardinals have like the best wide receiving core in the league now with DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown. So uh, look out if you're a Cardinals fan, I guess, if you're excited. But yeah, I'll be back on the Kyler Murray train after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think Kyler Murray's leaving now. They were like, oh, you wanted to leave? Well, guess what? We got you one of the fastest dudes in the NFL. Here you go. <laughs> so.
So, but yeah, no, thank you guys again for listening. I know this wasn't like a normal episode because we kind of just talked about the NFL draft, but it does affect so much of Ohio athletics here, you know, with Ohio State and Cincinnati obviously being pretty big contributors to the NFL draft. And then we have two NFL teams, so it's kind of hard not to talk about the NFL draft. But, you know, to end it again, Zardes, I hope you have a great career um, and you finish out strong. And uh, thank you for everything you did for the city of Columbus. But Again, Greg, thank you for being on. Thank you guys for listening. This was Ohioverse presented by Deep Dive Sports. And until next time. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Ohioverse. If you'd like to stay up to date on the show and sporting news in Ohio, go ahead and follow Ohioverse Podcast DDS on Instagram. Also, don't forget to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And listen to any of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you. And catch you on the next one.